welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck, Leela McRae with me as usual. And Leland, let's go ahead and dive in. It was a busy week in high school football. We had region championships on Friday night for the most part. And if they weren't on Friday, they were on Saturday, which sets up state semifinal Saturday this Saturday. Uh, we have one team left, so let's talk about We entered the weekend with three. We knew we were going to be down to at least two. We're down to one, so let's talk about the winner first. That's Riverheads. They won 37 nothing against Buffalo Gap. It's a combined 79 to nothing, Leland, and honestly, this, this you know, I, I mentioned it on the podcast last week, and I'm sure any Buffalo Gap fans that were listening maybe got a little upset because I was pretty dismissive of your, you well, whoever dismissive. wins... <laughs> and I was just like, well, let's stop pretending. We know who's winning. And that's why, though. It's 37 to nothing because they're just better than everybody else in this area. And we'll get to that more later. But th- they just they control this entire game to the point where, I'll be honest, it kind of looked like Buffalo Gap's coaches gave up before halftime, not calling any timeouts at the 30-yard line of Riverheads with like a minute left and letting the clock yeah. run out on them. And I went back and watched that today just to make sure I wasn't over-exaggerating where they were in the field or, you know, where they, it was first and 10. With At a the 30-something yard line with a minute to go, and they gave up. And on second down, I was like, why aren't they calling timeouts? And third time, on third down is when we really went crazy, but there was still like 30 seconds left in the call. I just, it just, like, they, they were already late calling timeouts at that point. Like, when we started going crazy on the radio, it was already, they had already wasted too much time. I you know what? I kind of was, as I was watching that game, the first quarter was good for Riverheads. They they got the rushing game going, but that second and third quarter, they it wasn't typical Riverheads domination that we're used to seeing, and um, the defense was fine, but the offense really wasn't flowing. So, you know, I think River Gap got what they wanted to out of Riverheads for a section of that game. They just needed it twice as much, um, and it's after you already scored 21 points. It's easy to kind of point that way, but you know, Riverheads was still running starters. They were still throwing their fullback up the middle. They're still running Caden. And really, it wasn't all gap. It was the self-inflicted wounds that that's what I kind of like key in on as Riverheads needs to clean those up because whenever they do come up a team that's capable of beating them, whether that's this season or not, you know, it's it, I think it's uncharacteristic for them to have as many self-inflicted wounds as we saw them have the other night now do you do you credit that to having 21 days off and um and something like that you know the time off and some uh, built up aggression possible but i just think like that that type of scenario could easily play into the time that riverheads loses the game not saying that's this week or next week or you know i'm just saying like that's part of the formula you want to get Riverheads kind of on edge and you want to have them committing penalties. Because honestly, I, I what I said following that game and a couple times this weekend, talking about it, Riverheads played the role of villain very well last Friday night. They they had playing up to the whistle, if not past. They had the penalties for playing past. They had the um, just, you know, the swagger that was a little more than needed. And not saying that some swagger is not okay, but you know, when you're getting flagged on it, when it seems to be getting in the way of progress as a Luke Bryant play went all the way down inside the 10 yard line gets called back. That's a big deal. And that's uh, how coach Castro reacted when it happened. So 
Um, I think that's something to watch for Riverheads, make sure that stuff's cleaned up. I'm not saying it again. I, I kind of say it three ways. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to cost them a game here soon, but it's just something that you don't want to see start building up and being a repetitive thing um, because we're not used to seeing that from them. And I think that's a big reason they've won 48 games in a row. Yeah. I mean, I, you're not wrong. And I think the overall point there is you're right. I mean, Riverheads did have some plays. I even said on the radio, like I thought the officials needed to get control of that game early on because there was some stuff going on that I didn't think was within the rules of the game that I thought they got away with. They eventually did get flagged on one that was a touchdown, I believe. So I thought it was inside the 10. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was inside the 10 and then it got taken all the way back. And then I think they ended up having to punt that drive, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. So that's a, but I mean, again, you're playing a team that you're familiar with and a team that you're just that much better than. And it, I honestly think they're that much better than everybody in class. A. I know Essex tweeted out that, you know, Riverheads is on the clock. I, I guess he wants to make sure they book their hotel rooms if they haven't already. I don't know for Salem because it's not really necessary. It's not that far for folks from here, but uh, Riverhead, maybe he's asking him to book for after the game. Yeah. Maybe he's asking him to book their reservation at Applebee's. I don't know, but they're going to Salem. It's not Essex and Essex can book their hotels for up here if they want. Cause it, I mean, maybe they're, they're going to want a time to sit and, not have to drive back and think about everything that happened in that game that's going to happen on Saturday. They're going to get killed. I, 37 I, 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 nothing for Essex would be a dream come true. I want to circle back to Essex. I want to, I want to finish Gap out because Gap's had a good season, a really good season. They, they lost their two uh, games in the regular season to draft and Riverheads that you would consider acceptable. And then they lose the playoffs to Riverheads, which was predictable. The only loss you look at for them that you question is, at the time, I didn't question it as much because Loray was started out the season 4-0, and that included the win over Gap. But then they fell apart since then. So I have no doubt at the end of the season they were better than Loray. I just wonder how good Loray really was at the beginning of the season. But that's the only loss that you can really look at Gap and, and start to question. And that's a great season for Buffalo Gap and having a first-round buy and all that. So I think that's something to build off as a program out there. You know, this is the only other team in Augusta County that has won a state championship. Uh, they have been to the state playoffs multiple times. Not a lot of other teams can say that in the area. Um, you know, draft with the multiple, uh, Stanton only with the once. Whistling, it's been a while, and then that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So that that I think that's something they can build off of. I'm glad they got that first win with Wygant. It's just they're going to have to find a way out against Riverheads, and um, that's going to be the key. That's just that's the long and short of it. I you know their offense was not good on Friday, they were missing a lot of pieces. They didn't have the Tinsley kid for wide receiver. That took away that passing threat. They didn't really try to throw it a whole lot. And when they did, they weren't successful. And uh, and then when they lose Bryce Hildebrand during the game, I mean, you know, you, you finish the game, but <laughs> they just they didn't do anything on offense after that. Yeah, it was going to be a tough sled for them, no matter if they were full strength or not. And and you're right. They, they did have a very good season. Their only loss of yeah. the year that you look at is Larray. And I, and I agree with you. I think if they played again, they would kill Larray. So, and at the time, yeah, I got to remember what we said at the time. Even we didn't even bash it then. No, so. because we thought Larray was better than that. But I think Buffalo Gap improved, and Larray did not as the season went on. And I, you know, that's why we look back at that one and go, "Huh, I wonder what happened there." But yeah. um, I, I just think, yeah, and Buffalo Gap may be the second best team in Class One. Uh, you may be right I when you so. say that at full strength, at full offensive strength, not what they were Friday offensively. 
But I think the Buffalo gap they had the week before and, and at the end of the regular season, I think they are. From watching yeah. Essex film for looking ahead at this week, um, watching some of the Galax and Perry McClure game, you know, Galax beat Perry McClure 14 nothing. Perry McClure's a team that Riverheads absolutely trounced 49 nothing. I just, yeah, I, I still, I still think, you know, I guess Bryce is hurt. So he, in reality, no, but if, if they were able to attack this full strength from region C, I think they'd end up in the state championship game. So I credit to Buffalo gap. Yes. I, I think that I, I, I think that you are probably right when you say that. I, I don't think it is as much of a slam dunk as Riverheads. No, being no, the no, state no. champion no, be before the season starts, but it'd be some games. Yeah, I, I yeah, you might be right. If, if they didn't have to play Riverheads, then we might be talking about Buffalo Gap as Class One state champion this year, a- yep. and that's a credit to how good they are. But again, Riverheads is just that much better, and that's yeah, why. And if I, we're not talking about Riverheads, we might be talking about Galax, and if we're not talking about Riverheads, you know, like yeah, the, I mean, I think all those other teams are in the same realm. Maybe I think Buffalo I Gap would be. I think Buffalo Gap would beat Essex too, but. Yeah, um, I, I think that'd be the easier to do. I think Galax and Buffalo Gap could be a, a pretty darn good football game. I, I agree. Um, so we're talking about Essex, and that's because Essex did win their game against King and Queen Central. They are not going to beat Riverheads. I know you're going to want to do a more in-depth breakdown here, but I'm just going to be kind and say <laughs> 37 to nothing would be a good game for Essex. Yeah, and, and when you look at the previous matchups, I mean, they haven't never they've never beat Riverheads. And one of the interesting things that I remember in back is, you know, Essex was that team that was doing really good in Class One while Riverheads was up in Class Two, and and they played Alta Vista in some state finals, and um, they were always kind of knocking on the door, and, and they won one at one point. Uh, they have won a state title in two thousand nine, so that was that like kind of perennial class a team and so i was excited when riverheads got to play well the first time they played them essex was really down and it was like a first round playoff game back when they were doing their sectional playoffs and riverheads blew them out but then that second year when they played in a state semifinal you and i it's actually what sparked this podcast you and Mm -hmm. i took the trip to middlesex high school covered that game riverheads won a tight ball game that the officials had a lot of play in in that game uh, the Riverheads did seem like the better team, but it was a contested game. It wasn't, you know, 37 nothing. Even sure. even if you took the official stuff, you know, that we're probably looking at with the Riverheads glasses on, you know, it, Riverheads still the better team. Um, but um, there you go. They won the game. But then these games since then, Riverheads came out completely flat. 2018 that was. Riverheads ends up winning that game 28-6 to after they – fumble it twice, punt it twice in the first quarter, don't score until four minutes left in the half, they still go on to win that game 28-6. A clear sign that they're the better team. And then in 2019, 56-15, just an absolute whooping. Looking at how those game films kind of looked this weekend, I think we're much more in that 2019 version of this matchup. I, I, I... I see the message board saying Riverheads isn't quite as good as they were last year. I don't know if I even agree with that, but I don't think Essex is any better than they were last year. Be worse. I, they just, they don't have much push up front. Their quarterback is missing receivers like crazy. Um, they don't, you know, back when they contended with Riverheads a bit more, they had this big old running back that 
had success against Riverheads until he got tired. And then that's when Riverheads, you know, goes on from there. They don't have that. So I just don't look at this as a recipe for Essex success this week. I, you know, even if Riverheads comes out flat again in the state semifinal, um, like they did in 2018, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see the recipe. I can't come up with a formula from what I saw on the field that produces a win for the Trojans. Yeah, I don't. I'm not on the message boards as much or at all. Um, I don't recommend I, it. It's I know you are. And it, I'm not saying everyone on the message boards. I look boards, at it. I don't post. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm not saying everyone stuff. on the message boards is an <laughs> idiot. But it is, message boards are where a lot of people who don't know a lot congregate and spout off stupid things. So, so people can be real sensitive on there. It's, it's <laughs> Well, we'll get to that. But um, I just... I don't understand that thought process. Like, oh, Riverheads isn't as good as they usually are. I don't know. They're pat. They've they've seemed to add a passing game, which they haven't had very recently. Um, their running game is now an absolute three to four headed monster that will That's rip you what apart. I'm saying the difference I, is, yeah. I don't know where they're getting that. The defense is still pretty good there at Riverheads. I. Cool. I don't know if that's Essex fans, if it's local fans that are upset. It was upset. Riverheads fans saying it. You know, people well, that claim, you know, they have Riverheads in their name. I, you know, I look back at 2018 and we had, you know, you have Zach Smiley coming through who's great. I'm not taking anything yeah. away from him. And we have some Dunlaps at quarterback that has been part of this progression of uh, Coach Casto trusting the quarterback and putting the ball in his hands more to throw the football. But whether we'd always have like a, the other back would be smaller or the fullbacks just weren't quite as big or we we're switching between two. And it's just when you have Luke Bryan on the field alongside Kane Cook Cash, I, I don't know how and, and someone Burton. hopes to stop that. And Burton at, at fullback. I don't know how you hope to stop this. I, I've I just, seen I've seen more than hmm. one back this year. Usually like you're and you're touching on it's there are multiple backs always in the backfield, but there's usually a feature back. This year, yeah. that changes game to game who the feature back is because they're all that good. And they so I, the best, and, and then he, you can throw the ball. The yeah, they yeah. can throw the ball if they're in a passing situation. So I don't yeah. know what the, where that's coming from. Um, I don't either. I, I think, think that's the people who early in the year wasn't as good. I think we're getting it's it's been as good here for a good stretch now. Okay, they played a Lord Botetot team that kind of has proven themselves. I know they lost in the region championship, but that that's the class three playoffs. Yeah. So Riverhead's a class one defense played a class three offense that is lighting up scoreboards. I, I don't read too much into that and go, wow, Riverhead's defense isn't very good. They're also not going to be playing a team that can throw like that. So I don't know why they would be worried. I, I'm not. I'm not. And I'm usually the one on here that calms you down and doesn't go with it. But I just, as wrong as we were about draft, transition to that. I just don't see it happening this week uh, for Riverheads. I, yeah, but I don't even know if we're wrong about draft being that much better than 2B. I just think draft think didn't play were. very well. I agree. I was really disappointed with their loss. I, it surprised me. I've been giving them a lot of credit. We said it on air last week. I said on the podcast a week ago, I think draft is special. I think they're building that to sustain. I, I don't expect them to drop off. I, I still might not even still think expect them to drop off, but I am going to have that click in my head because – these last couple of years, they've won all those games that I would even have any kind of worry about, um, other than Riverheads, and performed well against Appomattox and even challenged Riverheads some. I, I, yeah, I was just really befuddled with what happened to them last Friday. I don't, 
I don't know where that came from, and it's uh, surprising because I think it wasn't even just losing a game. I, I thought they could lose this coming week in the state semifinal. I, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't guaranteed to pick them against the Keen William team. Right. I, I think they were better than Central. I, I think if you I play that game nine more close. times, they win those nine times. It's just the one out of ten they lose, they lost. And it's because they played the absolute worst game they could have played. I mean, what, five turnovers? Yeah. That's... Five turnovers. I wrote it out here. Three lost fumbles, two interceptions. Yeah, yeah that's surprisingly that terrible. The board. Yeah, that's surprisingly terrible for them. And I'm sure if you ask Coach Floyd, he's not happy with that and thinks no. they're probably a better team than Central. They got held to six points. I mean, that's... That's not characteristic. So I, I, draft fans get mad when we say they're that much better than 2B and then they lose. And they get mad at us when we say they're not better than Riverhead. So there's not pleasing some of their fans. And I'll just say this. Next time you want to tell me about stop saying Riverheads is so much better than everybody else, what about us? Highlight this game. This is why you're not. Because you, you had this game that just is so uncharacteristic. I don't know what happened. I don't know why Aaron Nice only had 15 carries. I don't know why you have five you turnovers in a game. Seven times in a blowout. Why not? I don't. I don't know blowout. why you run him that many times in a blowout and conserve him in a loss. I I don't get it. Um. But hats off to Central. They did what they had to do to win the game. This is the first time they've ever been in a state semifinal. So that's another reason that uh, Stewart's draft. I know they've had some new people in starting roles, but those kids are all familiar with going to state championships back-to-back years. They kind of have that pedigree. I thought that would kind of help them, but I don't know. It didn't help them in this game. They did not play well in this game. There's just no way to cut it other than they didn't play well. I think they're better than Central. I I will die on that hill. I think they're a better football team than Central. They were not on Friday night, and they lost in Woodstock in Central 1, and Central gets to be Region 2B champion, and they move on. They get to host. I mean, and it's a, they get the whole. I mean, this is a great run for them. And you know, if we're a, a, a Shenandoah County based podcast, we'd be going crazy right now because they have a heck of a story going up there. You got Coach Yo that is mm-hmm. a, a alum from that school. It's a great story. I'm actually, you know, I nothing against Stratton. I'm rooting for Central now. I think Keen William rolls them, but yeah, I'm rooting. I do too. For, you know, hey, they shocked the world on Friday. Go do it again this Saturday because that's a great story up there. And I'm and I'm happy for those kids. And, and that coach, and he's a great coach. I've, we've interviewed him in the past when they back when they played uh, Stanton in a playoff game, and you know they intermingle with our teams every once in a while. And you know, I I'm hoping that um, you know I'm hoping that they can have success this week. I don't see it happening. But to be fair, I was preparing my mental state for not picking draft against Keen William based on how good their offense is. So I don't think I'm being disrespectful to Central. I, but I'm hoping for him, and just like I would have hoped for draft. Yeah, I hope Central wins. I Like you, I don't think we're going to be talking about a Central win, but that's okay. They've had a good season. Uh, I, they won a game that I didn't think they were going to win. They've already made it further than I thought they were going to, so that's a credit to them. For Stewart's draft, if Stewart's draft's fans or players are feeling disappointed like they didn't accomplish enough this year, I think that's right. I think that's justified. I think they should be having the same goal they've had the past few years, which is get to the state playoffs, maybe get to a state championship. I, like you, was a little worried that King Williams' offense would be a little much, uh, depending on how Stewart Straff's offense came out, but uh, they don't have to worry about that problem, I guess. So, nope. And they lose a lot. I mean, they do. We talk, we talk about draft every year, and because... I mean, here it is again. Because it's not Riverheads, 
we do worry about what they lose and what they still have. And they've had that Aaron Nice as a consistent, you know, feature in their backfield for the last four years, and it's been great. And he's done just about everything you can ask for him to do. Uh, I, I'm not going to say he's, he hasn't done everything he asked him to do. I mean, he absolutely has scoring um, how many touchdowns this year? It's 29 touchdowns on the season. He's gone. And that's a huge loss for that backfield. But, you know, Riverheads lose Zach Smiley. Riverheads has lost other backs in the past. My issue with their backfield is they're also losing Xavier Grisby. They're also losing Simeon Balzer. I mean, they're losing their entire – everybody but uh, Graber is gone. And that is worrisome for me. I'm not saying I'm going to pick them to, you know, fall to the bottom of the district or anything. But when I – you know, a week ago, I'm saying I think they built, they're not going to drop all the way off or anything. And I think I can still believe that and also say, you know, Buffalo well, this is testing and your... Waynesboro have a lot coming back next year. And we keep talking about Waynesboro. Like, I think draft is going to be, you know, in the crosshairs of, of a legitimate, uh, when you look at that right there, maybe by August, I'm seeing it in a different tune. But right now, I, I, I like what Waynesboro has coming back. I like the running back that they have coming back. I like the quarterback that's paired with them. Who is more experienced, you know, is at least as experienced as Graber. Um, I don't know. I think draft's going to be leaning a lot on their defense next year. Yes. Maybe and not a bad thing. This will <laughs> test your theory. This will test your theory about Seward's draft is like Riverheads. It doesn't matter how much they lose, they, they're still building something there. This is that test. Um, and I, for, yeah. the, for the folks over I there. Might soften that they're like Riverheads, <laughs> but like building to, towards that. Yeah. Uh, you said they're like Riverheads in the sense that they're building something there where they can withstand losses. I think that's yeah, exactly what you said. Yeah, earlier in the process. Yeah. I don't. Well, this is going to test that. Yep. Um, and and for the draft fans that um, worry that we say they're the best team in Region 2B and worry about how other they teams were. take that, don't worry. I'm not picking you to be the best team in Region 2B next year because of those losses. Not preseason. Maybe during the season you prove it to me and I, I get there, but don't worry. Preseason – like, like you said, Leland, they lose too much for me to be like, yeah, that, this is by far and away the best team in 2B going into next season. And, and I'd love to say, well, you have Graber coming back. He's going to be a young sophomore quarterback. And you have so Vance coming back. And, 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 that's, and that's great. And Graber's a great piece to have coming back. But that's a team that runs the heck out of the football. And much I say they didn't use him the enough. Football. Yeah, they yeah. didn't use him enough for me to think he's going to be, he, he has the ability to be a feature player in an offense. Troy Thompson on defense is going to be a monster. Uh, Kyle Coffey up front is going to be a monster. I mean, they're just going to—they're just going to try to. Yeah, they're going to need to win some low-scoring games. Yeah. I, I, you know, what do they average this year? I think I have it written here. They're averaging thirty-four, only giving up fourteen. I imagine their formula next year is going to be like twenty-five and ten or something. You know, like that. I. And twenty-five and ten worries me for going nine and one. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get them? <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know. I I worry about <laughs> Buffalo Gap and what they lose, too. But um, they don't lose they got, as much, I guess. But They got a receiver back. They got a guy that they, I think, But who are they going to throw the ball? The ball yeah, who's going to get them Curtis the ball? Curtis Lowe. They, they played him early in the season. They didn't play him later because I think Lowe was doing well enough throwing the ball and then running it well. Um, they got one of the Hildebrand brothers back. Uh, isn't Alfin back? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I think I think Gap has plenty coming back. Well, them or Waynesboro. I like Waynesboro. Waynesboro does have a lot. 
Uh, so yeah, that sets up a great state semifinal weekend uh, across the board. We've already highlighted uh, what Riverheads play in Essex uh, Saturday at one. You can listen to us on ESPN 1240theboss.com, tune in app, also doing the combo feed with NFHS Network. So any of those ways you can hear our voices. Uh, one of those ways you can see some images too. Uh, the, they'll face the winner of Holston and Galax. Spoiler alert, it's Galax. Um, Region 2, Central Woodstock, Keen William. We all think Keen William is uh, going to win that game, but we're all pulling for Central Woodstock. Graham Appomattox is that other game uh, in Class 2, and I, that's a monster game. And I think uh, a lot of times you'd expect those two teams to be playing in the state playoffs, and it just doesn't seem to happen these other years. It's happening this year. And so it's the only two teams that have won a state championship in the last, like, six years in Class 2 is Graham and Appomattox. So that's going to that's gonna be a good one at a, at a cool place. They're playing there in Bluefield. It's, uh, Graham is hosting, so it's going to be uh, a good game to watch if you're uh, not taking in one of these other ones. Yeah, I'll take Appomattox to to win. Um, not saying Graham's not good. I think it'll be a very close game, but I think Appomattox edges them out. I just think Appomattox, look, kind of like we talk about with Riverheads and that experience, I just think, I know Graham's the team that beat them the year they didn't, but more times than not, Appomattox has found a way to beat them. I just think that no, coach Graham, has Graham's number. Graham beat Union. Union knocked off Appomattox that year. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yep. But I, I just think, Appomattox has Graham's number. Okay. I might, I, you know, just to make it interesting and I'll keep it consistent on Friday. I'll take Graham. I know, I know, I know Chip will too, but I'll, I'll do it just to argue with you. Fine. All right. I do want to talk about these other state ones. Class three, there's going to be a new state championship because Lafayette was out. I think the first week Phoebus is probably the favorite uh, from this Phoebus Brentsville game. And they will play at Phoebus. And then LCA, Abingdon, that game, LCA is the favorite. If we get a Phoebus LCA Class 3 state championship, that's, you know, that's one of those uh, monster state matchups that, that everybody's watching for from, from August on. And that that'll, that'll be nice. It'll be interesting. And I think it's a home game for LCA, too. And that yeah, It is. It's, it's down there at Liberty. So Abingdon's be... the team that knocked off Ford Botetot. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. Yep. Class four, uh, Verina is hosting Kings Fork. Salem is hosting Broad Run. You know, I've seen Verina's name show up a bunch here in the state playoffs in these recent years. Uh, and then Salem, Salem. You know, Salem's one of those storied Virginia programs that keeps producing state championships. And um, Broad Run's know, really good, though. Broad, Broad Run's really good, too. Yeah. Broad Run is a team that has been up in class five and competed for state playoff runs up there. Good so, point. I mean, they're they're in class four now. That's going to be a really good game. Um, in fact, I would say that's probably that's probably my game of the weekend there, to be honest, more so than Appomattox. There's Graham. a lot of them, man. I it's think like, Salem, I think Salem Broad Run is going to be a fantastic game in Salem. That's a long trip for Broad Run, too. I bet that Graham Appomattox game is good. I'm not saying it's not good. I would just, if I can only pick one, I'm picking Broad Run Salem. Well, to counter your argument there, I'm going to go a different way. Let's talk about Class 5. Green Run is hosted Maury. Maury won a state title just a couple years ago. But here in Class 5, you have Stonebridge hosted Highland Springs. That was a state championship game last spring. And that's two 
you know, teams that have faced each other a bunch in the class five state championship. So where you say Salem broad run and class four is the game of the week, I might take the Stonebridge Island Springs game as the game of the week. That's fine. It's another good game. I'll keep my broad run Salem. <laughs> and then class six, Oscar Smith playing battlefield, Oscar Smith, the story team there in class six battlefields, the team that coach Jaromo left Stanton high school for, uh, he was only there, what, two seasons. Uh, he yeah. coached there last spring, uh, handed the reins off, and now they're having a heck of a year. So uh, some credit to Jarelbo from, from people that know him uh, that he, you know, turned that in the right direction and got it headed in the right direction. Uh, but credit to who's there now and making it happen. So, uh, But I just do want to mention that. It makes that game interesting. I'd say Oscar Smith definitely the favorite there. And then James Madison hosting South County. I, I didn't know James Madison played all the way down to this level. Yeah, well, you remember Matt Hatfield liked them to win a state championship this year. That was one of his dark horses. Was it? All right. Uh, so that's the across the state there. Yeah, if you want to go back and listen to our podcast from the beginning of the playoffs and have Matt Hatfield break all this down, you'll basically just hear all the names we just said because I, I think he probably ac- accurately predicted this whole – maybe draft is the only thing he's messed up so far. So pretty – he knows it. Yeah, he's just an expert, but – so if you had to pick one upset, upset this we week, if you had to pick one, well, you picked Appomattox to beat Graham, and they're hosting. Yeah, pick one. Pick one more upset. Broad run. Okay. I don't think they will, but if I have to pick one more, I already picked one. I don't know why I have to pick two. Why don't you pick one? Um, let me look. I should have. Because Keen William is is technically an upset, but we're not counting that. Um, oh, okay. Well, if I have to pick two, Maury, Maury's playing at Green Run. I'll take Maury. All right. Well, there you go. I don't want to. I mean, South County is tempting, but I, I don't want to be in the face of Matt Hatfield because I know which way that'll go for me. <laughs> yeah, he's right more often than we are. Yeah, I'm not, he's just on here telling us the opposite. Am I going to be that stupid to pick against him? Well, the other exciting stuff from the weekend was Virginia Tech UVA, the big Commonwealth Cup. And that oh, was. Oh, yeah, that, that happened this weekend. Who won that one? Yeah, we found a way to win. Not because yeah, we, we did. Didn't, we didn't try uh, to win. We tried to give it to UVA <laughs> multiple times, but they just wouldn't take it. Um, so we'll keep the Commonwealth Cup. It's a big win. It means we're bowl eligible now. And I, you know, honestly, at the end of the game, it was a relief that we won. I was very happy. I watched it with you, and I'll talk more about that later. But I just, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, like during that game, there's people and they're celebrating, and rightfully so. Big win for J.C. Price. So happy for him to get that win. Yeah, he's such a good. But dude. there were things that happened good in that him. game, and I know he's saying he's letting the coordinators call offense and defense still. But yeah, as the head coach, some of this comes on you <laughs> at a certain point when your backup quarterback is coming in for laughs and poops. I, I'm not here for it. I, I am not here for it. Th- that almost cost us the game because we're screwing around with our quarterback situation in a just run the clock out situation. The quote unquote fastest guy on the team isn't on the field at quarterback. We put in this other guy who can't throw to be the running quarterback and he fumbles. So that was extremely frustrating because they gave UVA the ball. They drove all the way down and then they decided for whatever reason to 
on third and goal to throw to the offensive lineman to bail us out, I guess, and help us win Billy that Bob. game. Yeah, they gave it to Billy Bob. Help us Let's win that game. But I just, honestly, like, win's a win. We'll take it. But I can't wait for this new staff. I can't wait for it to be announced because there are openings galore in college football right now. And I'm worried that if we don't hurry up and hire someone, we're not going to have someone that we want. Yeah. So, so let's go there. Barber put out a, a solid list on Twitter Monday morning. He had Marshall's Charlie Huff. He had Oregon's offensive coordinator, Joe Moorhead. He had Clemson's offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott, who I've been high on Notre Dame's defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, Penn state's defensive coordinator, Brent Pry and ECU's Mike Houston. Who do you want most out of that list? I guess Tony Elliott. I just, I like yeah. Mike Houston. I just think it's too soon. I don't think no, he's, he's not there. ready. He's not ready. And that's my answer on who I want the least. That's my answer. Who e- I want the least. <laughs> yeah. I think he's the least ready. Um, I, 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 if someday he's the coach at Virginia tech, I will be pumped. If, if it's at a time, I think he's ready. He's not ready yet. You know, seven and five at ECU in your third year doesn't tell me it's time to go play ACC ball. Yeah. And so if he gets another opportunity, um, good for him. And I'll, I'll, I'll be happy for him individually. Probably won't root for him. Cause I'll probably, if he gets an opportunity like that, I'm probably rooting against him, but I, he is like, maybe he gets the Duke job. Guy. That job opened up Duke. Um, someone was talking about NC state's coach being on a lot of people's lists. I kind of surprised me, but you know, something like that in North Carolina, cause he has those North Carolina ties. He's a coach at the Citadel before he went, James Madison, I, you know, good for him if he's there. Um, but he's the one I want the least out of that list. Uh, Tony Elliott is my number one, and that was my case before, mainly just because I think I was trying to be outside. Not a lot of those names upset me. Uh, a name that Barber didn't have that a lot of people are talking about on Saturday was Matt Campbell from Iowa State, but now – that Charlie Weiss or Bryce, Charlie Weiss, <laughs> Brian Kelly is leaving Notre Dame. Apparently that name's being thrown at that pretty hard. So I, all, there was a lot of names on the list when we fired Fuente. And this is the reason you fire Fuente midseason is so you can start working on this. Well, <laughs> the can of whoop, butt opened up since then. And Florida has an opening. USC already had an opening. Oklahoma's now open because Lincoln Riley's going to USC. Uh, Notre Dame's opening up because uh, Brian Kelly's going to LSU. LSU's a, a favorable job. A lot of these names that we were wishing for are getting, I mean, Napier, number one, is going to Florida, and good for him. You know, like he played chess correctly. Um, he understood the assignment, and he's going to coach in the SEC like he would probably have done if we were somehow able to get him. In a couple of years, he would have wanted to go do that. Um, so we need – I'm very anxious to just know who we have because I don't want to miss out on who we want at this point. Now, I think we've already missed out. <laughs> I think wit is probably already talked to people that we've missed out on. I want to go ahead and lock in now. It's time. I saw the coastal Carolina coach wasn't on anyone's wasn't on that list, which I thought was interesting. Um, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Um, and also to just to clean up, the Citadel is in South Carolina. It's still in that Carolina area, but I thought I said Carolina ties. I didn't think I locked into. Oh, I thought you when you said that. Okay, that's me then. I assume when I hear Carolina, I assume North Carolina. So well, tell that to South Carolina's jerseys. Well, they're wrong, but <laughs> um, the Carolina Panthers play in North Carolina, so 
Carolina Tar Heels play in North Carolina. I take it up with them. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just I I kind of am ready just for an announcement to get yeah. made, just so I can stop worrying about who it's going to be. Um, and December fifteenth is coming. Yes, I uh, I don't want. No offense to Charlie Huff. Not really plussed about hiring a Marshall coach. Um, defensive coordinator is fine with me, but I think that would be a harder sell to the fan base based on how dreadful your offense is. Um, <laughs> yeah, who are you bringing with you? Yeah. So um, I, I just – and again, for me personally, whoever it is, I hope they just clean house. Like, get rid of everybody on staff. I know that's not what Virginia Tech fans want. They want people who are familiar with the program, love the program, bleed hokey, maroon and orange, whatever. I'd rather get wins. So if that means we don't have anybody associated with this staff, I think that's what it takes, and I'd rather have that. Interim head coach included. I do not care to have anyone from this Fuente era carried over, or at least as few of them as possible carried over into next year. I I don't think anyone from those staffs will be invited back to Blacksburg ever again. Uh, I don't think we will remember them fondly. I know they're former players, some of them, and we'll remember that fondly, but we won't remember their coaching fondly. Let's be honest. The defense wasn't great. They did enough to win, but the defense wasn't great. They haven't been great for yeah. a while. So I, I just, when we're sitting here going like, oh, well, J.M. just needs more time. I don't know. I think part of it is we're not very good. I don't think we have very good players. And part of it is I don't think we have very good coaches. So I'm ready for a new person to come in and just bring in who they think is good. Because the people who were in charge and put these people in charge aren't good. They weren't good at their job. Why is Charles Huff getting so much play? Oh, he's at Bama two years. Penn State. Okay, I just didn't know. Like, when I looked, I was like, okay what has Marshall done recently? And I was like, Oh, nothing that great. Oh, he's only been there a year. Okay. I, I, I yeah. I, that's why I'm not super plus on Charlie up. I just think he's been a head coach there one year. So if you're, yeah. if we're going to hire somebody because we want someone who's been a head coach and that's the end all be all, then can we hire someone who's been at their place more than one year? Can, if we're not worried about that, then again, kind of like you, I like Tony Elliott. I know Clemson's offense wasn't great this year, but I'm going to take the larger sample size over the small sample size. That's what I keep saying. That's what I keep saying. And, like, it, he recruits. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's he recruits the heck out of people. I, I know Clemson fans at their high standard of football fandom because they win national championships there. They have some moments of irritation, particularly this season with his play calling. I, I'm okay with his offensive mind being there based on what he's done for six, seven years at Clemson and what they've done in those years. And then him maybe not calling the plays because that's generally a head coach doesn't. You know, like, I I think that could work. Like, I, I like what he brings to the table. I, I don't know. Like, what coach are we going to get that doesn't have something we're going to question or something we're going to, like, you know, this is the area I'm, I'm not, so, you know, sold completely on. Because, like, we're not we're not getting Lincoln Riley, <laughs> you know, like, and even that you'd have questions, but <laughs> you know we're not getting the actual top name. I mean that Matt Campbell rumor was great because that would be a pretty good get. Uh, none of these names I think are really that. So I don't know. I'm just anxious to know who it is so I can 
spin it to my to make me happy yeah <laughs> and make sure i like it you know make make it how i how i like them and that's great but they, i mean these other dominoes that have fall i mean lincoln Rollins to usc i did not see that when you when we were together on saturday i didn't see that coming we were watching Oklahoma, Okie State. I did not see Lincoln Riley to USC coming. Well, Oklahoma all. didn't see it coming. I mean, today that yeah. was kind of the big splash and the big bombshell. Uh, or I guess that was late Sunday Yesterday, night. But, Sunday, yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of the big bombshell. And Oklahoma's president said, you know, we were we surprised? Yes. Um, so, so it was probably the Big 12 when you left for the SEC. Yeah. So <laughs> him going to the Pac-12, I think is smart. I think it's easier to get to the playoff at USC than it is at Oklahoma. I, I think that's a fool's errand. I, I That's not going to be easy. I don't think Oklahoma is for winners in the SEC. I <laughs> I think that is. I mean, you can't even win the Big 12. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not looking at the future there going, yeah, this is going to be great. Playoffs, national championships. I yeah, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that point, I, but I think they can com- compete. I just don't know if they win championships. I do think the pay, the road is easier at USC, not only because Pac-12 is worse, but because you're USC and you're mm-hmm. walking in with that history that is there, um, not so far removed. I mean, Reggie Bush was a heck of a figure, uh, the Heisman and how cool a player he was and all that. You know, you're drawing to not that distant memory right there. Um, and then you are, you know, the older memories of these kids, parents and grandparents that are going to have there that like you're sitting in their living rooms, you're going to be talking to the whole room. And I think that makes it easier. You're rooting, you're recruiting California, but the contract I heard he had was crazy up big number up front. Then they were giving him basically a million dollar bonus. Cause they were going to buy both of his houses in Norman for $500,000 over asking price. They were going to buy him some crazy mansion in LA and they have uh, unlimited private jet use for his family 24-7. Like, Oklahoma's not offering all that stuff. Like, you got to go. And it's still, I mean, it's an absolute, I mean, this is moving from a blue blood to a blue blood. And, like, and you're going up that much in pay and everything. And it seems like a, a style that that dude can can vibe with. Like, I, I think he fits. Yes, I think so he I, will be fine in, at USC. I think, yeah. honestly, this is the first time in a while that USC's made a hire that I've been like, okay, I could see this working out okay. Like, I think that's probably a good fit there. You know, to be fair, I hate Lane Kiffin, and I hated when he left in the middle of the night at Tennessee, and I think he's a little twerp. But I didn't think that was going to fail like that. I thought, like, okay, he could go out there and maybe do some things, and I'm going to hate it. I, I didn't just assume that was going to fail. The two coaches since then, I didn't have any faith in. But I didn't look at Lane Kiffin like well, that Well, was... the two coaches before made them yearn for the Lane Kiffin years. I mean... Yeah, since, yeah. But, yeah, I, I just think that this Lincoln-Riley is a great hire. I can't believe oh they goodness, got yeah. it. That's um, the best hire of the year, no matter for them. what happens. LSU's going to say something about that because they're getting ready to ink. I think that's the worst hire. Brian Kelly. I don't. I don't think it's going to be successful. I would love to know the details that convince him to leave Notre Dame for LSU. I think Notre Dame is a much easier team to get in the playoff than LSU. I think LSU's got some serious work to do. Um, you got to play Alabama every year. you got to play a Texas A&M every year. you got to play an Arkansas every year. 
now you're going to have to play a Texas or Oklahoma, depending on how they do pods or divisions or whatever. I, I don't think this works out. We'll see. I don't know. Brian I don't think Kelly's, he makes it the contract. He's been pretty good at his other stops, so. I guess I just don't like Brian Kelly. I don't. That's different than it not working out, but. Yeah, I don't, but I, and I, I think it's why I'm quick to think it's not going to work. I don't think, I don't think he's going to cheat enough to win in the SEC. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying about Nick Saban there then, but. <laughs> I, I said what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think he's good old boy network enough. It is weird because his other jobs have all been up in Big Ten country. So for him yeah. to take this job is kind of different, and we'll see how he recruits. He seemed to fit that Catholic school, the head man at the Catholic school image that Notre Dame he, props themselves Notre Dame on. did have conversations with him, though, because he seemed to yell and swear a lot, which they didn't like. Yeah. I, he won't get that at LSU. They won't care. So, Go Tigers. Well, that's gone. <laughs> For multiple reasons, that's gone. So, you got to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just... Which you I don't think they'll have to worry about that with tight. Brian Kelly. They won't have those problems with Brian Kelly. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. I don't think it works there. I think... I think Lincoln Riley is in a national championship before Brian Kelly. Um, and I think, I don't know. It's not like USC is in good standing. LSU really dropped off, but they're only, what, two years removed from a national championship. Uh, so I, I think that Lincoln Riley making it to a national championship sooner, I, I think that is saying something. Yeah, and I saw somebody on Twitter speculate now that the Notre Dame job was open, Luke Fickle's name coming up again. But Luke Fickle did just sign a contract since Cincinnati, which – I'm not saying he couldn't get out of, but I think Notre Dame will pay it if they want it. I don't think I don't think he's going to leave. I think he's got a good thing at Cincinnati. He just beat Notre Dame. And I know Notre Dame is Notre Dame and that's history and all that, but and that's what he's going to be looking at and they're going to be paying him. Yeah, but he's going to the Big 12, which is going to be a a lesser version of the Big 12 with all the respect of the Big 12 name. I don't think the Big 12 is better than it was before Oklahoma and Texas left. But I think Cincinnati's got a great shot to go to the playoff year in, year out now. So Notre Dame's been in the playoff. Now all you have to do is improve on that. You have to like be competitive when you get in that playoff. I don't you're know. not fighting for getting into the playoff. You're you're not fighting I mean, to get in the playoff right at Cincinnati. I don't they're think you're right there this year. They're probably going to pass Cincinnati. What are you talking about? That's our joke. If that actually <laughs> happens, I'll legitimately say things that could end this podcast. But, um, yeah, it's just going to be bad. Um, let's talk bowl games for a second. They're saying Tech. To, I mean, the, the possibilities for UVA and Tech are very similar. Uh, it seems like a lot of the talk for Tech is around military bowl, which ECU has already accepted the other side of the invite for, or the Duke's mayonnaise bowl in Charlotte. Uh, which a lot of people are trying to put Virginia Tech versus uh, South Carolina with Shane Beamer there. I'd love that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's draws. I, you know, like, that's a draw game. You know, that's that's ESPN put it together. I'm, I'm not going to argue. Um, I, I wish we could do that in a year that I have confidence in our team. But yeah, I was going to say, I love it from the storyline. I don't think we necessarily – I don't know if we lose that game, though. I don't think South Carolina We just South put Frank at midfield good. and each pull on his arm. I don't you – know, I mean, that's, oh you know, that kind gosh, of thing. Oh, my gosh, poor Frank. <laughs> gets ripped in half but 
And then UVA, they, they're leaning. I mean, they've mentioned some of those, but they've also put the pinstripe and Fenway bowls in a lot uh, for UVA. So that's the kind of bowl game we'll hear. We won't know these until Sunday, and and guessing at them doesn't mean anything because nothing gets finalized until at least closer to Sunday. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd be most excited about that Charlotte Bowl just because that's easily the most prestigious one that anybody's been talking about. Us. Every, everything else is not as prestigious. Nothing against the Military Bowl, but. Yeah, I don't really want to go to the Military Bowl. Um, and if I were UVA, I'd be bummed if it's the Pinstripe Bowl. That just, a bowl in a cold weather city sounds horrible. That yeah. sounds miserable. I would not want to go to that as a fan. It'd be so cold. New York I, in December, just boo. I, I mean, I get playing these games in, in baseball stadiums for like, you know, oh, look at us playing a baseball stadium. But like at a yearly bowl game, I, I don't know. I just like, I it's like the first year was at Yankee Stadium. I watched it to see how it looks. And okay, I've done that now. So I don't. It wasn't that cool. It wasn't cool yeah. enough to sit there in 20 degree weather and snow. So pass. All right. JMU, we know they're going to play South, excuse me, Southeastern Louisiana. And that's Saturday at like two o'clock, like while we're on air with Riverheads football. Oh, shucks. Um, I'll miss it. So that's what's happening there. I don't have a lot to say to that. Um, dude. I just didn't think Michigan could beat Ohio State. I just did not see that coming. <laughs> I didn't either. That really, um, really made me mad when I was looking at the investments. Because um, <laughs> that kind of ruined them all. But uh, Well, I mean, I offered you a free dinner to make up for it. And I appreciated it. <laughs> and I did some late night chasing to get close to hole. So, just... Amazing. Hats off to Michigan, though. Good for Jim Harbaugh. He finally beat Ohio State. It couldn't have come at a better time when people were thinking, hey, if he doesn't win, maybe we need a job opening here, which when you look at their record and realize they have one loss on the year, it's crazy to think about. Like People were like, hey, maybe it's time to switch on from him. But I, that's Michigan. So um, <laughs> That's a lot. That's a, I mean, <laughs> that's these programs. Nebraska did that. They fired like a nine – win coach and Bo Pelini. I mean, like these guys that won in the past, they still have it there. And it is crazy. Like how close I thought he was getting fired last year. I thought he was gone last year and they didn't, I think. Uh, and they won. They, they lost to Michigan like, state, yeah, which, made which made it. you think, uh Oh, but then they beat Penn state. They beat Ohio state and, and they killed Ohio state. I mean, they, they thoroughly dominated them. They Controlled absolutely the blew their doors off knocked Ohio State out of the playoff or should have knocked Ohio State out of the playoff. We'll see. The college football playoff committee seems to love they Ohio will. State. But no, because two loss Alabama will still be ahead of two loss Ohio State, so it doesn't matter. They uh well, yep. two loss Alabama better be out after what they did against Auburn. I hear you. Auburn right. lost because they were gutless cowards. You have a chance to end the game. You go for two. You don't let Alabama have another chance with the ball. That's gutless coward move. Auburn deserved to lose. I hope their coach gets fired. I would fire him. There should be an opening at Auburn because that guy's a coward. I'd say we don't have cowards at Auburn. We're not the better team. That's why you go for two and try to end it. You don't prolong the game with a better team. They're better than we are, you stupid idiot. You're fired for being dumb. I talked myself into agreeing with you the night because initially, like most things, I just tried to disagree with you to get in with. It's like, well, they had their backup quarterback in. Well, that's more of the reason. Yes, like, great. Depend on him to make another good play for <laughs> Who, them. by the way, is yeah. hobbling around yes, like he's dying. hurt. 
in the game. You either win or you lose in that moment. At least you believed in your team. At least you said, you know what? I like my odds at getting two yards here better than continuing this game. It's just so gutless. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I wish Bama could have lost that one. It would have been nice. Um, the other Oklahoma, Okie state was a crazy good game and Okie state mm-hmm. got that. That's, it's the first time Okie State's won that kind of game. I don't think they beat Oklahoma in a while, but just like that stage of the here's our big moment, you know, we're sitting up here, up here, let's make a name for ourselves. I, that's the first one I can remember them winning. So good for them. I, I'm not a huge Gundy guy. I, he, I think he's just a little too full of it, but good for them. I, I'm, not, I'm not against them. I, I want to make sure they stay behind Cincinnati, but other than that, I'm not against them. I hate Oklahoma like you do now. You've talked me into that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they beat Oklahoma. That that officially knocks Oklahoma out. It knocks them out of the Lincoln yeah. Riley sweepstakes too. Um, and and Spencer Rattler announced he's transferring. That's about the only win that program got. That's this that's the win. Yeah, <laughs> that, that kid. I saw the Matt Campbell and Spencer Rattler to Blacksburg thing no. you said, and I was like, I'll take Campbell. I don't want please Spencer no. Rattler. If we have Spencer Rattler, that might that might be the Campbell that or the straw that breaks the camel's back. I might root against Virginia Tech that year. I might be like, you know what? I don't want to win. I, I do not like that kid. Watch this season of QB1 on Netflix, and you'll understand. That kid is just a jerk. I do not want – I wish him the worst. But – You go to Miami. Uh, no, because Miami's actually got a quarterback. Miami's quarterback's not bad. They're also going to have a new coach. That's a job that hasn't opened up yet that will. So – um, but now conference championships are set up and Oklahoma state, if they can beat Baylor, I think they're in They're number five in the AP poll college football rankings haven't come out yet. They'll come out probably by the time you're listening to this, but I think Oklahoma state with a win against Baylor will be in. I will be fine with that. As long as Cincinnati is also in. If Georgia does what, I think they will do to Alabama. That will yeah, be the case. If not, then they won't. So are we looking at number one, Georgia playing mm-hmm. number four, Okie state with a Michigan Cincinnati other game. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm I hoping want... for, but I don't think that's what they do. I think they put Cincinnati against Georgia because they think that's yeah. the best chance to embarrass them. They don't, they want the G five team to get in and get shellacked because it's, it's really hard if Alabama loses, to keep them out. And so if you can't keep them out, let's put them in against the best team that they possibly can play, that everyone says is the best team in the country already, and just have them get killed. That's what they're hoping for. Now, if that game happens, I like Georgia. I've rooted for Georgia all year. I will be a diehard Cincinnati fan rooting against everything, rooting against all logic and just buying yeah. onto the hope train you're, of Cincinnati. You're rooting for the nuclear bomb is what you're rooting for. And I, I want Cincinnati to get in. I think Cincinnati could beat Michigan. I would love. That's why I'd rather them see them. I don't think they can beat Georgia. That's why I want to see them play Michigan to give them that shot. Honestly, I'd love if Michigan gets upset this weekend by Iowa and we're looking at maybe a Cincinnati versus Oklahoma State or a Cincinnati rematch versus Notre Dame. I'd love that. Oh, my god! I don't want gosh. Notre Dame. I don't want Notre Dame in this love game. Love it. Whatever it takes to get Cincinnati in that championship game. That's what I want. 
and then whatever happens happens. <sighs> what if I mean if Brian Kelly gets announced on Tuesday for this LSU job, and then hell breaks loose this weekend, and Notre Dame's in the playoff with an interim coach? <laughs> <laughs> that would be wild. Oh my goodness! So many good games on Saturday. Uh, Riverheads playing Essex isn't one of them, but that's going to take us away from watching this early games, Baylor and Okie state at noon, but then we're going to get home. We're going to watch Georgia, Alabama. We're going to watch Houston, Cincinnati. We're going to watch Michigan, Iowa. We're going to watch oh, Pittsburgh and wake. That's not as good, but I'm, I'm excited about all these ranked Oregon, already. Utah part ducks. Friday night. So uh, we do get to watch that one. Oh, that's it. Uh, Friday. Mm. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited about Saturday. I'm excited about football watching. I'm excited to call the game on the radio, but I'm, I'm excited to get home and watch that. I don't, there's a lot of years I don't get to see that SEC championship game. So I'm, I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, I am excited to watch it as well. I am really hoping Georgia tears into Alabama. I will say they will be competing with more than just the 11 players in white that game. They will be competing with the people in stripes because they are going to have one job and one job only and that's to get Alabama in that playoff so I think even Major League Baseball will put in the uh, against, yeah you're going to see uh, Angel Hernandez calling his first <laughs> college game Joe West I mean you're going to see they're going to pull out all the stops for Alabama I'm telling you right his now full Yankee treatment for Alabama yep, yep. telling you right now <laughs> well basketball though Leland um not great they were in the Memphis game, but lost. They were in the Xavier game, but lost. And it's two losses against two teams that are good. So it's not like they have bad losses on the resume. But eventually, have- if if they're going to do what we think they're capable of, they got to kind of win some of these. And again, yeah. Maryland comes up this week. That's kind of another game that it's ACC Big Ten Challenge. You kind of need to have it. I, But, I, yeah, I, I want them to. I'm optimistic they can. I, I believe in our coach, and that's going to be unrattled. Even even if they start losing more, I'm not I'm not going to get rattled. I think Mike Young's awesome. I love that we have this many opportunities. I love that we're we have this many games. I like I like what happened last week on schedule. I don't like how it played out, but I like that we had it, and I think we're going to be better for it. And I think we're going to make it through the ACC um, regular season better for it, and even the ACC tournament. Like because we haven't gone on any kind of runs in the ACC tournament, my recollection. Um, you know, I thought we should have won an NCAA tournament last year. We didn't. So I, I think playing, you know, back-to-back games like that and, and not going well is something to build off of. And so I hope we immediately see some gains. But even if we don't, I'm still optimistic about the season. And uh, I'm very hopeful that we can, you know, be a top-four team in the ACC. I think it's very reasonable still, even with those losses. And, I, and I, I'm gonna, I'm hoping that in a month I'm still looking those at those just like I'm battle-testing situation. I, I, think, I think it can be. And I don't like that Memphis team. That's what I know from anything I watched this week. I do not like that Memphis team. I hated losing because it meant Landers Nolly beat us, but he didn't really beat us. I mean, he didn't beat us. He he again was trying to house the homeless there in Brooklyn, (laughs) being charitable Landers Nolly with all those bricks he was putting up. But that's that's the reason Memphis is so successful is because they have other people on their team that can score, and I'm sure Coach Hardaway is sitting there telling him you. And they were talking about on the broadcast like, oh, he's. The number of shots he takes a game is really down. And I was like, yeah, it's probably because somebody sat there and said, hey, you're not good at this, so stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. UVA. Hey, there's a lot of other offense on that team. Yeah, UVA. Friday night was a big win. 
tonight, uh, the night we're recording, not so much. They lost to Iowa, but they play Pitt and JMU, who should be pushovers. So I would imagine we're talking about two UVA wins next week. Last last week I said they're playing JMU this week. I don't I don't know how I got them mixed up, but it's it's next Tuesday. So uh, the Gonzaga schedule last week was something to talk about NCAA basketball outside of our teams. They played UCLA like last Tuesday. Yeah. And they rolled them, which was pretty cool to watch. And it was it was a fun game to watch, even though it was a, a rolling. But then Friday, after the high school games, got home, watched Gonzaga and Duke, and man, that was an entertaining basketball game. And it was going both ways. Both teams had all the opportunities to win. Um, and it was just a bunch of made shots, a bunch of a good basketball uh, offensively, maybe mm-hmm. not defensively. Uh, but it was fun. And so – People kept talking about, can we get a that a rematch in that in the final four of the national championship? You know, unless Tech can be there, I'm all for that because that was an entertaining basketball game, and and I think it's because Gonzaga had some veterans back, and I think that helps it helps the game. And and honestly, Duke had like two guys that they didn't project necessarily going through multiple years of college that they still have on the roster uh, that are playing role, and then paired with some freshmen. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it was really entertaining basketball game and I, something I'll watch more Gonzaga because that was, they were fun to watch that night. Yeah, they were good. Um, I've enjoyed watching Gonzaga the couple times I've seen them now, the UCLA game and, uh, like you said, the Duke game, (laughs) they play Alabama again and that's, you know, they're playing a tough schedule credit to them. I love it. I love it. And they did um, it last year too. They mm. played UVA. They played all sorts of teams last year. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I think they're, uh, that's why when they get in the tournament, like I know people are like, oh, well, they play in the terrible conference, but okay, their non-conference is better than anyone else's. So they're battle tested and they get into that tournament and they're ready to go. That's why they make deep runs. They're a good basketball team. They've yeah, got a they great go to coach. They the Elite Eight. Yes. The Final Four. Mm-hmm. And then they lose to a good team. They were, know? yeah, they went all the way to the championship and played against Baylor. Baylor. Yeah. And then yeah. Baylor beat them. But, um, I would fully expect, I mean, with as many players as they returned, I would fully expect to see them in a final four again. Yeah. Uh, Moving on VCU women. They had a tournament in the Bahamas that I said I was going to watch, but I didn't realize that flow sports uh, had separate subscriptions for separate sports because why not? I guess if you're a subpar subscription service. So, um, I did not, unfortunately, watch VC women. I did listen to the game against North Carolina on their online radio that North Carolina has. They were in that game in the second half. Uh, They even had a lead at one point in the second half, but UNC was a little too much. It's a very good opponent for them. They didn't come out on top like they wanted, but they did beat Washington in the first game at the Bahamas. So pretty successful trip there for the women. They return home to play East Carolina on Wednesday and uh, then VCU will be at home again on Sunday versus Boston College, I believe. That sounds like a good one to watch. Yeah, both of those are on ESPN Plus. Which, by the way, when you subscribe to ESPN Plus, you get all of the sports on ESPN Plus, not just a certain sport. So that seems probably like how most sports streaming services operate, but not if you're Flow Sports. So that's cool. NFL, we're recording Monday night, so the football team is up 17-9 on the Seahawks in the fourth quarter as we're recording. They're trying to keep themselves in the in the playoff hunt. I, we talked about it for a minute last week. I, I'm rooting for it, 
but it's mainly because Dallas keeps stubbing their toes like they did on Thanksgiving. I will say three of the Cowboys' four losses are to AFC West teams. The other is to Tampa Bay. They do have a lot of division games left. I don't think they're going to lose those. How much credit, though, are we giving the Rams and the Raiders right now? Like, I know at the beginning of the season, AFC West is really good, but, like, with everything the Raiders the AFC are West through, is not the Rams. That's the Chiefs. Didn't they lose to the Rams? Didn't the Cowboys lose to the Rams? No. I said AFC West and then their other losses to the Buccaneers. I wasn't wrong. I thought they lost to the Rams. I thought I remember Their that. other loss was to the Broncos. Well, that ain't good. What are you trying to prove with this AFC West thing? That they're not going to have to play those teams. <laughs> also, everyone in the AFC West is above 500, so I don't know what you want. Like, I don't think Denver's any good. They're 6-5. and five. Who is good? Who's a great team in the NFL right now? I don't know. Okay, so all of Dallas's losses are to teams above 500. I guess I was trying to. No get one else in their division is above 500. And now you're trying to tell tell me help. I just, I just Washington could get in because who is good? You, you never know. Not them. I. <laughs> Not them. <laughs> I, their wins are against teams that aren't above 500. I don't uh, outside of Tampa Bay. <laughs> they did beat Tampa Bay, and Dallas lost to Tampa Bay, so maybe that's what they're counting on. But. Dallas is 2-0 and against their division. They still got a lot more games against their division. The Eagles are, quote-unquote, the biggest threat to them winning that division. They looked like a tire fire against the Giants. So, yeah, I, I think Dallas is going to win that division. I don't. I am not worried about the Cowboys losing that division. I don't spend too much time worrying about the Cowboys. Um, I worry about my Pittsburgh Steelers, but I've accepted that we're terrible. Once you tie the lines, like I said, I'd rather have just lost the lines. I think I'd be more okay. I I am fully behind just to get coaches away from playing for ties. If you tie, both teams lose. I think that's how it should be done. I hate ties. I, you know, what I think they shouldn't do is go for two every time after that's two so dumb. I, I do hate that do in that. college now. That's so dumb. I, there was nothing wrong with the way they had college overtime. That. Games typically don't go seven overtimes, but one LSU-Texas A&M game that we all loved watching goes into seven overtimes, and all of a sudden we got to change it one time. We had a six-one with, with us and UNC. It was with the new rules. Excruciating. It was great. So dumb. But anyway, um, yeah, in the NFL, it's, it's kind of hard to figure out. There's no super dominant team, which is going to make the playoffs exciting. But yeah. Unfortunately, it does mean somebody like the New England Patriots are all of a sudden contenders to maybe... The team that's well-coached all of a sudden is going to piss us off again. Yeah, maybe do good. I just wish your Ravens were worse. I wish your Ravens were as bad as my Steelers. We play this week. We we turned the ball over. And either team could win. Yeah, we turned over the ball. I don't know how the Steelers could win. Yeah, that was the difference. But I think there's a, a formula for winning Steelers versus Browns this week. I saw a little bit of this last week when they were playing the Browns. If we could just get that quarterback to complete more passes to us, then we're good. Because we might not complete that many passes to our own selves. Like, we might not put four completed passes down the field. 
But if we could pick off four passes from you, maybe we can get a win out of that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you guys are going to beat us. I don't think we will. But but again, it's the NFL, and crazy things have happened all year. So we'll see. That'll do it for us here in the A Block. Let's head to the D Block. All right, we are in the D block, and it's time for us to talk about what is dominating our lives. I am going to go first. I went to the McRae Thanksgiving. It was great. Uh, I got to meet Mrs. McRae and Mr. McRae, who made a lovely meal. It was very delicious, and I had a great time. Got to watch some college football with you. Uh, Dan was there, which was fun. And uh, we had a good time. The kids were there. They were all having fun, which is great. We at all... one point, I locked the door so they couldn't come in at the end of the tech game because I didn't want them to hear the words that were being spewed by me. Yeah, we were worried that they were going <laughs> to hear an F word that wasn't football during the football game. And luckily, that wasn't required. But you did start screaming and I your daughter it. ran what are you in. What talking about? I said it clearly. When we put in the second guy at quarterback, and I was like, why are we putting him in? And then he immediately fumbles the game away to UVA. Yeah, I, it was blatantly there. I was even on my best behavior. I saved some of my real zingers <laughs> that, I, that were in my head during that game. And I was on my best behavior. Um, but <laughs> That was you at your best. <laughs> that was me at my best. So if you were in the room and you were like, wow, Joe is being really mean, that's my good Stephanie behavior. I on that. <laughs> yeah, that's my best behavior. Um, but... Yeah, I, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you came. It was fun. Uh, we watched a lot of football in the afternoon, watching uh, Ohio State and Michigan game, and then we had the two TVs set up, uh, which is not a common thing in the McCray house, uh, the, in the experienced McCray house there, okay. um, where we had the Alabama-Auburn game on there too. So we were co-watching there, and most of the time it was, I am focused on Virginia Tech game. And Dan, the man back there, like, hey, they just got a first down over there. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, they, you know. See, that's where you're an amateur. <laughs> I, I am very capable of multitasking. Also oh, because. No, 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 no. Hold on now. Hold on. You're talking <laughs> to a man that always has two TVs set up. I can very much watch multiple games at a time. This UVA Tech game completely had me tunnel vision. I was completely focused on it. See, I think that's where we experienced that game differently. I was experiencing that game in kind of disgust into where I was like, I need to not watch this because, again, I was trying to be on my best behavior. So sometimes in order to do that, I was like, okay, that play just happened. Let me not think about that and say something, and let me watch this <laughs> Alabama-Auburn game, which was going well at the time. It didn't go start going badly until after the Tech game was over. Well, it was fun. I was glad you came. Uh, it was a good time. I know some of other, our other listeners, uh, including ones that we've already mentioned, but uh, um, Ron, he's been there for, for some games and stuff, so he, he knows the vibe over there. So I'm glad you got to experience it, and maybe we'll get you over for more. Maybe a Super Bowl invite or something, something out there. We'll and, have to uh, see. It'll be good. Yeah, it'll be good times. But again, I want to thank Mrs. McRae and Mr. McRae for letting me come over and join in. I had a great time. Even the dinner conversations and celebration was fun. So Yeah, it took us away from watching football. Honestly, your presence, shockingly, your presence, you know, somebody that I co-host a sports podcast with, 
and we watched less football in that time range than I probably would have without you there. Without you there, I probably bolted and been watching football. Uh, but yeah, it was good. I was glad they got to uh, hear some of the off-air uh, stories from the Joe Deck world. Yes, some of them. <laughs> some of them. Again, best behavior. So, um, <laughs> what's dominating your life? Uh, you know, it's Christmas time. I finally accepted it. Uh, I we once you get to Thanksgiving week, I start letting the kids. I I buy into what the kids are doing, and I, I start arguing with, stop arguing with them about it. We went and bought the Christmas tree. That was an experience. It was fun. We uh, got a good deal on a Christmas tree, which made me the happiest because uh, that's just, you know, I fall into that stereotypical dad stuff in that age. But we worked hard for it and we got it. Uh, but tonight, on Monday night, we went to the Stanton Christmas Parade. When we got back in the car after this parade, I s- and I didn't want to go from the beginning. I didn't want to go. I sent the live stream link to my wife this afternoon. I was like, hey, look, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> and um, no, we're going and we take them. And we go. And it's not like she's overpoweringly like we got to go. But just like we're, we're doing this. And my mom and nieces are in it. So we want to see them. And that's great. We get in the car after it. They're freezing. And yeah, they caught a bunch of candy. But they're not even that excited about it. They're freezing. Uncomfortable sitting on the edge of a curb. They're probably still freezing here as we record this podcast. I said, okay, well, just so y'all know, that's not like a yearly thing for us. You know, that's not going to be a new um, tradition. And she, and my oldest was like, oh, I hope so. Meaning I don't want to go back to this (laughs) next year. I'm out. I said, yeah, we're not going to come next year. She's like next year, the year after, and the year after that. I was like, this is awesome. I was like, I love you, baby. Like she, that was exactly what i wanted to hear at the moment because it's just stressful at these parades because there's just so many people around and this is not covid talking this is just like people on top of it. i like the july 4th parade because you have some some room you're not freezing cold yeah you might be hot but you're not freezing cold uh getting to the gypsy hill park for that fourth of july parade and there's a lot of areas to park around it i feel like you're more spread out it's not as just everybody on top of the same little street downtown with all the buildings. I just, I just don't like the Christmas one as much. So I'm glad we went. I'm glad they got to experience it. And, and both my oldest and middle child, um, both were on board for not going next year. So next year, I don't have to talk about this next year on this Monday night, I'll be talking about the live stream and how well it worked. That's not the parade. I thought you were going to talk about, which is, and in some ways a relief and then in other ways, Oof. I'm glad your kids, uh, oh, we watched Macy's. We watched Macy's. The other oh day. my gosh. It's that we do watch that. I'm telling TV. you what I, I'm when eating, it's my it's choice, I don't watch it. When it's my choice, I don't watch it. Didn't watch it this year. It was great. Love not watching it. it. That's what I was all about. Baby Yoda. I get, I can turn on Disney plus if I want to see baby Yoda. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah, I'm kind of with you on parades. I, I marched in some the Apple Blossom parades. Um, That's and then what I, I figured think, out. I think there was a Christmas parade that we marched in one year in high school. We got roped into because we wanted to be part of the community or whatever, um, <laughs> which is why I thought we did the Apple Blossom parade. But um, And after you march in that parade for four, well, five years, because we did it in middle school too, um. You kind of are kind of done doing the parade thing. 
Um, personally, if I'm at a parade now, I've I can count the number of parades I've been to since then on one hand. I'm basically there just waiting for the bands, just so I can because I like listening to the bands play. Outside of that, could care less. I'm not one for floats. I'm not one for balloons. There are very few celebrities that are going to pique my interest. So <laughs> parades just aren't for me. So uh, I'll come full circle here. My experience, and I was talking about that on the way home, is like, you know what? I think I've only watched this Christmas parade like three times. I think we took uh, the my two oldest kids when they were very little, and I think another time I've watched it. Every other time, I think I've marched in it twice. I think I've driven a car in it five times. And all those I'm okay with. You know, like when I was in it, I was fine with the process because it's not just standing there and you're moving. And honestly, you're, you know, you get through it and then you're done. So, like, the length of parade time for you is less even. So, I mean, this was 7 to 8. 40 was this parade and like if you're in it you're i mean there was kids walking through back through the crowd that had already passed us so it's much shorter the bands i think uh i can't think of a high school that wasn't represented tonight i will say buffalo gap does a lot with the numbers they aren't the best but with how few that they have they sound a good solid quality Fort Defiance is the best band we saw tonight. Just immediately, I didn't even have to look up down the street and see who was coming. As soon as I heard the sound of what I was hearing, I said, oh, here comes sports band. And it was. And it was, uh, they were playing a nice uh, couple of songs. I heard, I think, two or three different songs in the stretch there with me, like a melody going on. And it was just full of sound and upbeat, and, and it was good. How big um, is this parade? Uh, there was at least 105 different things. No, I'm talking about like distance. How big is this parade? If you're hearing three different things. I heard them coming. I, I mean, it's downtown and they don't have the bands on top of each other. So you hear them like it's only you're only going to hear one band. At a but is it just like time two city blocks or I mean, like how what, what are you no, talking about? Distance? It's the whole downtown stretch of Beverly Street. So that's what five blocks. And, and it turns the corner and goes up and around. So it comes, like, from Augusta, goes down okay. two blocks, comes down a block, and then goes the whole stretch of Beverly. Goes from, like, the bottom of the hill at Dixie Theater to the radio channel. So every bit of five blocks there. Well, March in a Apple Blossom Parade. I've, I much rather watch an Apple Blossom Parade than be in another one. I will say that. That parade is not fun. Because it's either surprisingly cold for the month of May, where you're cold, or you are, it is unbearably hot and you are dying. There is no in-between. There was never a time where I was like, oh, man, this is perfect weather for this. Doesn't exist. You either are cold or you are dying of heat. I, I always thought my friends in the Virginia Tech band, because I always had roommates in that, they had to do, like, the homecoming parade. That always seemed, like, terrible. Like but they ba- had Apple Blossom a is a long, way. long parade. I just don't know the length of Apple Blossom compared to Blacksburg's homecoming parade but uh it would they always seem like they would i would show the route and i was like my goodness that's long yeah i mean the, the apple blossom parade uh mile and a half takes 45 minutes to march through the thing uh so yeah when it's like 85 degrees outside and you're marching in a full band uniform it doesn't sound fun it sounds like the july 4th one i didn't know i i've been in the july 4th one too and yeah. i didn't enjoy that one because it's i mean that's just like guaranteed hot sucks but they get a lot of marching bands from all over to come and 
March in it. And they'll get some celebrities eventually, too. They just had all the high schools tonight. Those were the only ones, like, bands. It was the high schools, the local high schools. Stanton. Draft. Draft surprised me. <sighs> Draft had a solid band in the past. And, I, and I'm not out here just taking a shot out of nowhere at Draft. They're playing say. Grinch music tonight. My kids love the Grinch. Every Grinch they saw, they threw a fit, looked at us, and, oh, you see. They didn't even recognize the tune. I, I was... Look at it if you're a draft fan. Not your favorite episode tonight. But um, yeah, this is a great episode for the Cougs tonight. But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you'd have the uh, four local high schools, and then you'd have schools from Maryland, uh, Tidewater, other parts of Virginia, all over the country. Love, I love watching the bands in that. It was so much fun. Um, but being in it was not. We'd play. So we'd learn one song, we'd play it the entire parade route, and by the end of it, you wanted to kill everyone standing next to you. So <laughs> that's marching band in a parade. I like marching band. I don't like parades. But anyway, uh, what else you got, Leland? What do you know that we need to know? High school basketball starts, and we have not done a preview. So I just want to acknowledge that I recognize that. And that we're very much looking forward to high school basketball. And uh, we just haven't prepared a, a preview yet. We'll probably have to get through these football playoffs. Uh, I don't see it happening next week. Um, but maybe the week after the state games, uh, that'll be something that can happen. Uh, but we're excited about high school basketball, girls and guys wrestling. Um, we had some great coverage these last few years of wrestling from some of the guests we've had. Um, so we'll be picking it up on there. I know we promise you talking about all these sports, um, but we're just still in football mode. So we're just acknowledging that everybody's getting started and that's great. And, um, go cheer them on and then we'll pick it up. We'll start previewing the district seasons, I'm sure. And, uh, we're looking forward to getting some teams into reach and play here. Cause, um, you know, with the new modified, you know, Buffalo gap and Riverheads both being in region one B, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Stewart's draft with the new head coach. Um, I know they don't have all it. their pieces, but they did lose tonight to Broadway. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, day one uh, with getting some of those football players. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, they'll be coming together. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on with the with the high school basketball. And uh, Joe won't be in the middle of it like he was last year, uh, but we'll still be watching all that's going on and. The NFHS uh, login will be getting used a bunch. So just know that that coverage coming and uh, we're looking forward to it. A lot of good players back this year. Um, you look for Stanton, you look for Wilson, see what they can do in that three C level there. And uh, give me a lot of good games happening locally. Yeah. Interested to see what Ford has after their success they had last year too. I know they lost some, but be interested to see what Ford defines can bring in basketball. What do you know that I need to know? What I know that you need to know is I talked about the McRae in what was dominating my life, but I also want to shout out my family. We had a smaller get-together due to work schedules this year um, with Thanksgiving for the Deck slash Sheeler family functions, but um, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Uh, we played cribbage. We played a game called Five Crowns that is a card game I just learned. Um played rummy cube so all fun games uh that's one of my favorite parts about our family get togethers is 
we get together and we spend time with as a family together, but we can watch football, we can watch basketball, whatever the sport is that is on at the moment, but we can also find a way to play card games or board games or something. And we're all, well, I'll just put, call it healthy level of competitiveness um, and <laughs> like to win. So we all have a good time with that. And um, if you're friends with me on Facebook, then you saw we I talked about nerds. I shared an old Christmas post or old Thanksgiving post, excuse me, about nerds. We did not play nerds this time. Um, but I'm sure that'll be something that gets brought up around Christmas time. And my brother and I will try to have to team up, I guess, um, and try to keep the blue team tradition going where we just sing various songs with blue in them to annoy the rest of the family while we lose at that game. Because again, if, as I said in that post, if we're going to lose, then so is everybody else. Well, uh, as long as you make a guarantee and you follow through with it, that's all that matters. That is all that matters. All right. Well, it's been another great episode of the X sports podcast for us to put on. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. We have a lot more coverage of this football playoff with Riverhead's going to be playing this week. And, uh, you know, as we predict, we think they will move on. So hopefully two more weeks of local high school football coverage to make sure you're tuning in, uh, telling your friends. And if you're new to the podcast this week, because you are at Essex, um, talk to those West Point fans and see, you know, their thoughts on our podcast. And uh, yeah, they don't you know, like us. See, see if you like it as much uh, as they did. And if you're Galax or uh, Holston looking ahead, hey, we're, we're glad to have you. Uh, and we've covered uh, Galax a couple times. They're a fun team to cover. And uh, we look forward to seeing if that's the matchup that Riverheads gets or if it's going to be someone different like Holston. So we'll be back next week to talk about whatever happens with the Riverheads football game this week and other local sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Facebook at Yak Sport, Sports Pod is the way to find us or email us yaksportspod at gmail and make sure you're subscribed Podbean, apple google and spotify just in case we ever put out a special podcast like if we hire a coach on a wednesday and we're not going to re-record this episode because of it make sure you're subscribed to us so you don't miss that you know 15 minute reaction that you might get from us right on the spot so uh, look out for something like that i think it could happen any given time i don't plan on re-recording this podcast because that was not the best when we did that two weeks ago and uh, But we look forward to talking about Virginia Tech having a new coach and everything else that's coming up for us in December as we get close to Christmas and these other football seasons ending. So we'll be back next week with more Yak Sports Podcast. Make sure you listen to us on Friday, on Saturday afternoon on ESPN 1240 The Boss or on NFHS Network, and then we'll talk to you next week on the podcast. Till then, have a great weekend, I guess. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.